Hello and welcome to the Mixed Era Rap Podcast. I'm your host, DJ B-Wise. This is a podcast where we talk about hip-hop from boom bap to trap. We're a group of hip-hop enthusiasts from multiple eras trying to bridge the gap in hip-hop. My guests tonight are Kev and returning DJ Reaper. So Kev, tell them where they can find us on social media. Find us on our Twitter at Mixed Era Rap, and you can find us on our Instagram at Mixed Era Rap Pod. All right, that's what's up. Sure, appreciate that. So let's jump into it with tonight's conversation. We are talking hip hop and for the talking hip hop subject. Number one, we gave uh, Kev some homework on uh, J. Cole's album Forest Hill Drive. So let's get into it, man. So how was your homework? Well, I, I think I did the uh, the challenge times two. I took the extra credit with your suggestion, Born Center also. So I, I'm gonna start with that one. I did listen to both of them. So uh, I did the Born Center Deluxe. With, with the Deluxe, I think the five extra songs could have been an EP on his own. And those lad, those five extra songs he added were better than the Born Center album. No doubt. I did like the intro. I like the intro. That Power Trip single, I'm still kind of iffy on. The Forbidden Fruit song with Kendrick Lamar, it was like. He, all he did was like the hook. He didn't even have a verse, so it just felt wasted. I didn't, I don't know. It's maybe because the J. Cole singles, they play it out on the radio. I'm just not really into them. So like the Crooked Smile, didn't care for too much. Um, yeah, like I said, the Power Trip, not big on that. What did I like? I like Runaway. No, I didn't care for that too much. Born Center. What about Wet Dreams? No, no, oh, Born. Oh, okay, I, I'll get to that. Um, <laughs> it was suggested. It was suggested. I like the, the deluxe version. I I like the last. I like the added songs on the deluxe version, and I, and if those were just released as an EP. Then I could say J. Cole has a decent EP, but as a whole project, I... Are we on Born Center or are we on Forest Hills? Okay, now we're going to Forest Hills. Here, yeah, let's skip over Born Center. Why are we talking about this again? We're talking about Forest Hills. I, yeah, the hype is not there for me. However, it's inferior to Forest Hills, so let's move on, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's still not there for me. Like... You know, I I think that this might be if this is not his most successful album, is one of his most successful albums. So he had what four or five singles off this album, I think. Yeah, he had five singles in the top twenty. Wet Dream, I did like. I did like that. I had to. I got that note. I did like that. The intro, I liked. I did like. Apparently, that's the, that's one of the singles. I did like that one. All the other singles from this album, I didn't care for too much. He had a song. Uh, he had a song where he was kind of like sneak dissing people, couple songs where he sneak dissing people. I'm like, uh, you know, just name people. You know, give give us a song where you actually just straight up dissing people. The sneak dissing thing is kind of getting old with him to me. Yeah, I, I didn't really, I don't know. It's just, I wasn't as bored this time as I was the first time I listened to it. Yeah, the first time I listened to it, I was very bored. I was able to get through this not being bored. I'll say that. But Forest Hills, uh, I don't see it. I, I, 
you know, I'll be generous in giving it three stars, but I feel somewhat kind of guilty doing that. Three stars out of t- out of out of ten. I feel guilty giving them three. No, no, no. Three oh, out of five. Like, all right. <laughs> so okay, like it's um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. But I, I hear you. But like you're saying, it's whack. Okay, that's cool. It's not an appealing album to me. But why? I don't, I don't, I don't think you're telling us why you think it's whack. You said it's boring, but like. Is the production boring? Are you saying that his rhymes are boring? Like the features should be more or like, like what's whack about it? I don't really, like, like I said, the singles didn't really connect to me. He has strong intros. I'll give him that. But I mean, over out of, I maybe actually like what, three, maybe four songs out of all those. They just, they just was boring. It, it, it was either it was boring or it sounded like something he's continuously doing. So for me, at the time in which he released this, no one was doing anything like this. He was giving you himself. And very few people do this this far in their career. Usually they do it within the first two or three of their um, albums. And he gave it to you on his what third or fourth album, fourth album, I think it was. So that's what made it special to me. He gave you everything he had from birth all the way through where he is as a man at that point in 2014. I think that's worth taking in when you're, when you're talking about the project. My question to you is, are you saying that you don't like the premise of the project? When you say premise, I mean, you just say, you're saying content or just. So is, or what? so this is a theme project, meaning that he was giving you the, 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 the street he grew up on from from when he could remember his life. Wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even really peek that, to be honest with you. Oh. It, it, it didn't even feel like he was telling a story. The whole album was a story. It didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like it at all. I mean, it's a, is it a, is it a, like a concept album? This song flows to this song, to this song's story, almost like Good Kid? Not really. But yeah, 24, 24, 2014 Forest Hills Drive is like the house that he grew up on. And like the album cover, that's what he's sitting on the top of that house. Right. Cover. So like like he was saying, uh, Be Wise, he was saying uh, each song is supposed to represent a point in his life from birth or from whatever he can remember up until now. So it's like, even like one of the songs is like, oh, three adolescence, like adolescence from this year. You know what I mean? I'm like I'm 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 being totally honest. I'm not trolling. I didn't. You guys telling me it was a concept album and he was telling a story about his life. I I I'm, I feel guilty because I didn't get this man too much credit. <laughs> I didn't even know this was a story. I didn't even know this was a concept album. So it, I would call it a concept album. I would say to you. He was it, he was doing this before they were really really concept album. If you ask me, uh, uh, Good Kid, Mad City was a real concept album. This was just him pouring out everything that normally rappers would pour out in their first album, I'm, telling their story. I mean, and, and I get it. Like I said, I, I, he had strong intros. He had a he had a bunch of interludes. You know what I mean? Like at the end of a couple of songs, it kind of laid the foundation for the next song. But yeah, it's, it still was boring to me. I mean, I'm, it, it just, it, I don't know. It wasn't entertaining. So maybe you should have accompanied this with his live performance of the album that he did on HBO. 
that's still available on uh, HBO. And I think it's also you can find a copy of it on YouTube as well. And maybe that would have explained it a little bit more the way he did it because it does. You know, I was I was going to say that, too, like it after because I remember liking the album when it first came out. But after he did the HBO special, it makes you listen to it and look at it a different way. So I don't know if that's fair to just judge the album based off like behind the scenes stuff, too. I agree, but I don't know if that's fair. You could be right on that. I'm just trying to get him into where the headspace was, because I think he's missing that part of it, that he is uh, that Kev is trying to put this in the ethos of what was happening at that time. And this project was special because it wasn't in the ethos of what was happening at that moment in 2014. This was so big and so much better. Well, maybe I don't think he's a good storyteller. Hmm. Drop, drop the bomb. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like you can, I mean, I, 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 I knew the album cover was his old house. I did know that going into it, but this album being like a story of his life, maybe I knew it when it first came out, but I don't remember it when I listened to it this week. And I listened to it three times, and and I'm sitting there and I'm taking notes, and and I'm trying my hardest not to skip past half the album like i wanted to go i wanted to just push it all the way towards the end so i could hear see if it was an interlude at the end or something at the end <laughs> but i didn't do it because it was it, it it was like it was a hard listen it was a very hard listen all right yeah, you just you just don't like j cole <laughs> I, I think I, I don't know maybe I, I don't like his albums but i mean the thing i don't like his albums like the um the snow on the bluff eat maxi single I like, I love those two songs. I still listen to those two songs right now. But I mean, like, J. Cole's whole aesthetic, I mean, granted, he could use some other people curating his beats, like, when he's making his own beats and, like, doing production with the same kind of people. He does have the same kind of sound throughout the album. Okay, I'll give you that. But, like, he is one of the only people still, like, rapping rapping you know what i mean and it's not quite eminem like rapidy rap as the young people are calling it but and storytelling if you're saying that he can't storytell and he's not you might as well say that he's not rapping you know what i mean like that's his whole aesthetic if you don't like the beat selection that he chooses if you think it's boring if you think that he can't still tell stories you don't like j cole let's just move on <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to co-sign on that Kev, just because i'm telling you from january 20th that's his birth song that's a song about his birth or when he remembers the first time being in that house. The first song on the first, of the album tells you a story. Then secondly, you go into Wet Dreams, which takes him into uh, early adolescence. You know, I mean, it, it, it's it, it's definitely not curated in the right because O3 adolescence was uh, misplaced based on his is, you know, growing up. And then the tell of two cities as he leaves the city and goes to New York, that should have been later in the project as well. But when you're talking about role models, that should have been earlier in the project. So definitely it was not curated correctly. But yeah. if you listen to the project with an open ear, you get the gist of everything about who he is and what made him what he is today. And then apparently it's probably one of the best stories in 
you know, what, the last <laughs> 15 years? I like the parody. I like that one. I did like Wet Dream, but I, I'm 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 like I'm I'm sitting here and, and and I say this with a whole honest heart. I I wanted to like this album. It didn't get me, and for me not to see that it was a theme behind it, I'm like, I'm mad. I'm mad at myself. Yeah, we tried. We we really tried. I mean, this this man, the, the, you know, you know, it, it went diamond, right? You know that. All right. Well, we have our. Still doesn't make a good album. Yeah, the project went diamond. Really? I don't know about that. It's not that great. I'm double checking here. Pretty sure that's what I just saw. Let me go back. They give. They must get. Man, I I don't know. I don't think so. Let's pull up album sales. Let's pull up the uh, album sales. Horse Hill Drive album sales. Yeah, we've got to fact check this. No, like no, you're right. Immediately look at it now. Art. No, on May 23rd, 2019, the album was certified triple platinum. There's no way that it sold 7 million more records in two years. Absolutely not. It's it's not that many. Um, Come on, man. It's not that many rappers with diamond albums. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's uh, Eminem, Fuji's, Beastie Boys. Fuji's. 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 I don't think the so. The score. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. The score went diamond. Twenty-two million. Trust me, the score went. Put, you want to put? You want to put five? I'll on put it? five on it. All right. <laughs> the score went diamond. Well, let's see what uh, United look, look States. Look it up right now, man. I don't. I don't think so. so. That is, you are right. That is sold worldwide. So let's check to out. To get uh, diamond certification, you can only count United States album sales. Just so you know. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm coming down here. Let's see. Let's see. In the United States. Oh wow. Yeah, they. Yeah, it's a big fall off. They only sold 7.4 million in the United States. <laughs> what What did it for him though was Europe. Europe. Uh, Europe kicked in another 6.5, and then the rest of the country, the rest of the world finished it out with another 10 million yeah because people i remember when 50 cent was out uh he was talking about get rich or die trying to oh it sold 50 million records and it's like yeah but like, like those three million records you sold in austria or something that's what's up it doesn't count though thank you thank you thank you kev i'll be taking that five whenever you're ready yeah exactly yep um it says is actually the best selling album by a hip hop act in France. So they was doing numbers overseas, don't get me wrong, but I'm pretty sure the only diamond United States 10 million sold, pretty sure is Life After Death, Speaker Box Love Below, maybe All Eyes on Me, and I want to say the Hammer album with the uh, Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him. I want to say those are the only ones. Eminem has two of them. At least one or two. Oh yes, yes, and Eminem, Eminem. That's the that's the other one. And the Beastie Boys. I have them here, guys. I don't. Starting at number ten, Nelly's Country Grammar. Number nine, Hammer. Please don't hurt them. Number eight, Beastie Boy. License to Ill. Number seven, Tupac. All eyes on me. Eminem, the Eminem Show. Oh wow. Number five, Kid Rock. Devil without a cause. Really? Okay. Number four, Tupac. Tupac's greatest hits. 
Number three, Notorious B.I.G. with Life After Death, Outcast, Speaker Box, Eminem, number one, the Marshall Mathers LP. Right. I don't know why Kid Rock is on the list. <laughs> Kid Rock sold 11 million copies. I mean, we just talking about hip hop records, though, right? He is a, considered a hip hop artist. He was he he started off as a hip hop artist, according to who? Same, same way, same way, who? Who is a hip hop artist? Post Malone is a hip hop uh, artist. I guess, I guess. But but the thing is, the Beastie Boys have more than one diamond album. But that. It, it that that first one was licensed to ill when it was a hip hop group, but their other diamond album is a pop album, I think. Uh, let's see here, Beastie Boys. I think they had one for uh, if it wasn't their last album, it was the the one before that last album. No album was uh, uh Five Burrows. Not sure about that. Um, yeah, don't think so. Yeah, Kev, no, nah, they only had the one. I'm looking on RIAA right now. They only had the one diamond. I could have sworn they had another one. The rest of them were multi-platinum. So again, you and I were looking at stuff that was worldwide. And again, everything I named was worldwide, not okay. under the, the criteria that it really matters. That's only in the United States. So uh, yes, they're, all their albums sold very well. You're talking about some of them sold six, seven million uh, copies, but the only one that sold over 10 million copies. Slice is deal. Was, License to ill. Not even uh um oh what's the one here? I thought that one would have been too. Um Paul's Boutique. No, no, no. Paul's Boutique actually is their lowest selling uh project. Oh really? Yeah, it was um I'm sorry, I I slid all the way down uh to the um oh man, I'm missing songs here. I'm missing all right, I didn't got I I didn't I, I can't locate it. It was the one that had the rock and roll themed uh, song, uh, Galactica. What was the name of that album? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hello Nasty. Yes, Hello Nasty. And uh, yeah, it didn't make it either. So Yeah, that was, that was a big record. That was like almost kind of like a comeback record. I see what you mean. But yeah, I don't know if, yeah, I mean, but again, that might be one of the uh, worldwide sort of things because even even over here, like I've met a ton of like Europeans, Asians that really know uh, Intergalactic. They really know that song. Like I, you know, it surprised me. You know what I mean? So yeah, it was a huge record, and uh, it really brought them back because they were off, you know, doing their Tibetan thing for a while, and that one really brought them back in the fold. So hey, it is what it is. Uh, we really appreciate uh, that conversation. It was deep. You know, we couldn't budge the mountain, but it is what it is. So now uh, with talking hip hop, we're going to go into our version of fantasy football and we're calling it fantasy EP. And we're going to throw it off to DJ Reaper and he's going to start the conversation on how we're going to put this fantasy EP together. Reaper, take it over. All right, so since back in the day, uh, we've had this idea of if you were a rapper, or better yet, if you were DJ Khaled, DJ Clue, and you've got carte blanche, you you know, you're working at Def Jam or Columbia, whatever record label you're at, you have carte blanche of put together something fire. So you've got the producer, any producer in the world, you've got however much money they cost, you can have them. You can pick any rapper, any 
guest feature that you want on the album and you can just make it happen in this fantasy scenario. So we're going to do a five song EP. I'm thinking we go around in a round table style and just do five songs. Each person talk about one song and then go to the next, next, next like that. And on each song, you can explain the concept of the song. If you have a concept of what you want the song to be about or why you're putting these rappers or these features together. So we're going to name number one, all of the people you want on the song. Number two, the producer of the song. Number three is extra. If you have a title or a concept for the song and, uh, and yeah, at the end, we'll have five songs and we'll have our fantasy booked EP. And if you have a title for the overall EP as well, you can say that, but you don't have to. All right. I'd like to jump in on the first song on the project and say that I would like the fantasy producer to be large professor. But so so we're going to do uh, five for each person. So if you want large professor, that's cool. Who do you want on the song with large professor? All right. Um, so. I was going to let you guys jump in on that because I don't know where we're headed with this. Are we going to go boom bap? Are we going to go uh, drill? It's up to you, man. This is your, you are DJ Clue, DJ Khaled. Who do you want on the song? I know, but if we curate it, so here's my neck, then let's go into some questions then. Because if we're curating it, right, I can't give you a boom bap and then you choose a drill or you choose a down south. You know what I'm saying? Or It's up to you. But this is, well, okay, so I'll go first because I've got I've got my list ready to go, and then uh, and then maybe you can just get the idea of what I mean. So, is that cool? Yes, go right ahead. All right, so uh, my my sort of fantasy booked album follows a theme. I won't explain the theme. I think you'll just get it uh, o- o- over time. But uh, one of the songs I want is uh, the features. I want Cassidy, and I want Papoose. And I want T. Grizzly from Detroit. And this is going to be my sort of uh, rapidy rap track, if you will. Like, I need some people that's just bars. That's just like Papoose with the alphabetical slaughter. Cassidy with like the battle rap scene in Philly. And T. Grizzly is that new sort of like voice that's kind of rapidy rap that some people sort of get on him because he doesn't have choruses in his songs. He just raps for four minutes and the song goes off. And then uh, production, I'm thinking somebody that can do something upbeat, like T. Greasy likes a lot of upbeat stuff, but that's familiar with Cassidy and, and Papoose and that sort of New York, Philly scene. So I'm thinking Swiss Beats. So I don't have a title for the song, but like I said, that's pretty much my lyrical homicide track. Like, just y'all just go for it. And Swiss Beats on the beat. All right. Swiss Beats is your only pr- uh, production person on there? This is just one song, though. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, Kev, what you got? My intro. I, I think I'm gonna go in. The, I'm gonna go in a little bit different direction. So my intro is DJ Premier, is the producer, and the two artists are Az and Fabulous. Okay, okay. I I, I don't know. It's just something. It's something about a DJ Premier intro on rap albums that it just. I don't know. It just make it sets the tone of many of the one things on uh, Jay Z's in my lifetime volume one. Uh, Bumpy Knuckles, BT the gave him MOP. I mean, I can go on and on, but it's just something he does with that first beat you hear on the album he handles production on. This kind of sets this tone, and I would 
and them two. I, I would love to hear them two just do an intro for something with a, on a premiere beat. That that'd be my first song. Yeah, that's tight. That's tight. Yeah, that's what's up. So I'll jump in and then say that uh, for the first song, I would love again to have Large Professor do the production. My rappers on the first cut would be starting with Lauren Hill on the hook. <laughs> first verse would be by Rakim. Second verse would be Ghostface. And then I let Nas finish it off. Well, you coming out heavy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You coming? All right. He's real hard, man. It's real street so far. So uh, is it back to me? You finished? Yeah, next song. All right. So uh, again, see if you can follow the theme that we got going on here so i'm going to dig into the bag a little bit here i need beanie siegel i need jay-z i need jazzo and i need a million right and then we need i'm i was trying to think about who who would match this kind of this kind of flow or this kind of vibe that i'm putting together and i couldn't decide on just Blaze or Timberland, but uh, if they're going to do that kind of quick style, Jigga what, maybe Timberland, if they're going to do like a soul sample or talk about like life and times, you know what I mean? I'm thinking Just Blaze. Yeah, definitely Just Blaze with that combination. Okay. On you, Ken. So, oh, it's on me, right? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. My second song, is it'll be uh, no, no ID. On a production, and it'll be Jada Kiss and um, Styles. Just how they do that back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is I don't know how. I just don't know how they just match each other so well. I don't know if it's a natural thing, if it's practice or what. But I mean, they get into this rhythm, man, and it's just amazing. Like they, it's just them two. I, I mean, no offense to, no offense to Sheik, but. When Styles and Jada are like just going, just you know, line, 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 line. I mean, I don't think nobody can beat them. I don't think I don't. Nobody can't beat them. Yeah, I get what you mean. It's got to be a combination of practice and like them just being actual friends and just knowing. Oh, I'm gonna finish your sentence. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's just like soon as like soon as one person, you you know, his line is ending. The next person just picks up, and it's kind of like like you just said. They know they know how they're gonna end each each other's lines, and I man, it's it's amazing, man. I love to hit. I can listen to this stuff all day long. Just them two on the verse, just back and forth like that. All right, I definitely feel you on that. So I'm jumping into it with my next one, and the produ the producer on my next one has got to be the RZA. Okay, and I only I only need to hear two voices on these tracks. And the first voice I need to hear is Sean Price. And then to kill it and end the game on it, I need ODB at the end. Wow. Can we have ODB, though? Is he eligible for this? You said Dream EP, so I'm bringing back the dead, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Go ahead and give yourself an applaud, uh, applaud for that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right um i wasn't expecting that one but um is it on me yeah it's you all right man just 
again, hopefully y'all can get the the concept of the uh, of the EP by the end. But real simple right here. I need the game in Fifty Cent with Dr. Dre on the beat. No doubt, that's where it's at. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I think the game still got something left in the tank. Oh yeah, he can rap for sure. Like I was a big game advocate for a long time, but uh, yeah, game in Fifty Cent, Dr. Dre. Let's let's make it happen. <laughs> that's what's up. what you got Kev just blaze on the beat and I want a street family reunion fabulous ransom Paul Kane and it's like two other names I can't remember yeah that's way underground there bro way underground yes yeah you digging deep with that one man <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you man ransom I, I don't know, man. I think Ransom want to come up now. I think he about to start shining. Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, Ransom has been shining. He just, uh, you know, again, don't get me started on record companies not pushing the best that's out there. So I'm going to move on with that. And uh, I'm going to start mine off again. I always love to go with the producer. Uh, my producer for my next track is going to be Jay Dilla. And I want to open up the track. It's going to be Ice Cube. Second verse is going to be Scarface. And then the killer at the end, I want to bring in the Jizza. Oh, that's fire. Appreciate it. Yeah. Can can we have Jay Dilla, though? Like, I mean, okay, I guess. I guess there's a lot of... It's Boom Bap, right? I'm pretty sure Jay Dilla is Boom Bap era. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, you... Well, okay, can I have Doom on mine, then? Since we're just picking people that don't exist anymore? <laughs> <laughs> So you telling me I, I be if it's a dream EP, I'm trying to bring back the people I need to hear, man. I need to hear some of these people again. And yeah. used to just I mean down. I feel you, but I mean in this dream scenario, if it was real, if you actually have carte blanche, like can you find an unreleased Jay Dilla beat? Maybe. Can you find an unreleased Doom verse? Maybe. But ODB, yeah. Maybe I don't know, but maybe not. <laughs> oh no, they definitely a lot of of, of ODB. Uh, uh, RZA said that they got enough. He could do two, three more albums. Yeah, everybody always says that though. But like they did that with Pop Smoke's unreleased stuff, and it sounds like trash. So yeah, and no offense to Pop Smoke or his, you know, his family. I'm not saying that, but it's just all of the stuff is clearly unfinished, and some of the lines are repeated on songs like you could tell he was just freestyling or like rambling or whatever it's just i get that you want to keep his memory alive but come on man like let it go no doubt i'll come i'll come, I'll come with some uh some some live artists next <laughs> for sure so it, all right it's on so it's on me all right so this is my uh my quote unquote backpack track um we're gonna start off with kev's favorite j cole and wale big sean don and currency and then we're gonna put them on the track with dj premiere nice i don't yeah. i don't want to i don't want to take a crap on it so i'm <laughs> oh i'm feeling it oh wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute go ahead go ahead there we go you just ruined the premiere beat man what no okay first of all time out time out first of all the point is anybody can get on a dj premiere song and it it's like Premiere has already blessed it. So the song is going to be what the song is. Like from, you know, you can find like when Snoop did the track with Premiere or like Ludacris or like Game or like 
even I mean, there's not too many people that have done unexpected premiere songs, but it's just kind of like even if that's not typically their wheelhouse, they get on whatever Preem gives gives them, and it just works, and that's part of it, you know. But like, if you want that, you know, that backpack style that's sort of like an old to boom bat, but that's sort of like newer, you know, I'm thinking like 2007, 2006, 2008 in that era, when when Sean and Currency like was still coming up like. To replicate that, you gotta have preen. I feel you. You surrounded. You just put a good. You put one good rapper with lesser talent on a premier beat. Who? Who's what? Who? Who is good and who is not? Currency is good. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you are you? Look, look. We can end this podcast if you tell me Big Sean can't rap. Like I'll actually walk out. Kev? Come on, man. Can, can I go now? <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to argue, Big Sean, because I know. Oh, my gosh, man. Thing about Big Sean, from my experience, uh, Reaper over here, man, either Big Sean is hot or he's not. He's not a gray area dude. He just does not. If you're not feeling him, there's no lukewarm, no matter how good his music is or how uh, pleasant it is to hear what he's doing. It's either hot or cold with him. All right, Kev, go ahead, man. I, I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, out of them four, Big Sean is the worst out of those four. Oh, he's the he's the worst out of those four. Yeah. Do I do I dare ask why? Ah, uh, because you talk about like like I said, painting the picture, late two thousands. You know, the cool kids are out. Uh, Big Sean is starting to come out closer to like uh, 07, 08. But like J. Cole is out with the warm up. Wale is doing the mixtape about nothing. You know, you could throw Wiz in there. Currency is in there. Um, I'm sure there's other people that I'm. But you're, but, but you're sitting here, you're naming a lot of artists. Okay, cool kids is better. Is, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a bigger fan of the cool kids than everybody else you name. So and I, and that's fine, but what I'm saying is all of these people were quote unquote backpack sort of new indie sort of yeah right exactly at the same time and the new era backpack yeah I mean they all fit in that same mold and I and I and I get where you're going but it, it the sound the cool kids had yeah I give you that at, at that time was a better sound than what Big Sean had the sound at that time that currency had was better than Big Sean. Even Wale and J. Cole, I mean, you know, record labels, record labels are not, record labels hold artists back. That's, that's, that's be, we can all, I think we all can agree on that. Sure. Right? Sure. So, you know, for Wale to put out a okay album, but a good mixtape, it, it keeps him in competition with, J. Cole putting out a good mixtape and a, you know, a whatever album keeps him in contention to get noticed. But Big Sean putting out eh, and no mixtape, it's kind of like. What do you mean no mixtape? What mixtape did he have? He had Finally Famous 1 and 2 and 3, which the third is among the best mixtapes ever made, period. You've got more homework, Kev. Because that just shows that you haven't heard him. 
No, like I I I choose to forget them. Like I was like I, I choose like, to forget them. I, I I listen to trust me. I I probably heard it. I just don't. It it wasn't it. Listen when it was better stuff that was out at the time. Listen when I was in uh when I was I was still writing doing reviews working for publications and stuff that year it was like 2010 maybe when Finally Famous three came out like it was top ten of the year like it's really good it's a really good record and that's not the Detroit bias that's like he was hungry on that record man and this was before the album came out you know when he was still out here trying to get out here trying to come up you know what i mean and this was right after uh this was when more about nothing came out the the second uh mixtape about nothing series with wale and uh this was like right after cushion orange juice with wiz like man that that was a great time man that was you gotta listen to finally famous three man and one thing that i will complain about on big sean's thing is whoever is uh sequencing his albums they're always out of sequence. There's always like, ah, track four should be track seven and track nine should be track two, you know, stuff like that. But uh, Finally Famous 3, that mixtape is sequenced perfectly. Top to bottom. There, There's no changes. <laughs> That's a long sound effect, man. Yeah, I know. I tried to cut it short. Um, so uh, my next one is going to be. Uh, I think it's on Kev, right? Yeah. Is it on? Yeah. All right, Kev. I, I'm gonna keep it old school again. I'm gonna go beat Mises on the production, and I'm gonna do a firm reunion. But Foxy can only do the hook. She does not get a verse. <laughs> so what if she want to rap? She gonna kick her off the song? She can rap. The, she can rap the hook. She does not get a verse. So you got AZ on the EP twice. Yeah. All right. I mean, <laughs> shoot, we got somebody up here who bringing dead people out. <laughs> <laughs> they digging up graves, man. <laughs> I mean, granted, you do have carte blanche, but if the if the record label sees uh, AZ on there twice, are they gonna be like, mm, pick somebody else? No doubt. Yeah, especially if you got a. But you said DJ Khaled style. Didn't DJ Khaled have? Uh, uh, little baby on his album like two or three times. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. That's true. All right. And I think you could replace him pretty easily. You said DJ Khaled style. <laughs> three times he had little baby on. All right. Well, that is what it is. Uh, I'm gonna jump in and just say that this one is probably my favorite of the uh, EP, and that's why I wanted to come towards the end. And the production is going to be done by Herbie Lovebug and Kwame and the rappers on this track are going to be Dana Dane in this order too. They have to come in this order. Dana Dane, Kwame himself and Slick Rick to end it off. Kwame Polka Dots? Kwame? Kwame Polka Dots. Yes. <laughs> All right. Was it expecting that? Yeah, the three the three dopest uh, storytellers for dance beats from the 80s, man. If you go back, everything they did was just, it was fire to me as far as if you were a dancer, you know. They weren't grimy, but they were definitely real smooth with it. And 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 if I have, if if, if I wasn't being too crazy, I might even throw uh, play on there instead of kid and play as well. Because both, uh, all, all four of those cats told some really cool stories to danceable tracks in the 80s. 
All right, bring that little dance vibe back. That's cool. Hey, man, I I I I miss you know. I don't I, I don't get why people. I know now why. I just uh, matter of fact, I just learned last week, guys, that I know why people dance the way they dance now. It's so you can stay on your t- on your telephone screen to do TikToks. That's why all the, that's why all the dance moves are in one position, and you're just moving your limbs not moving your whole body like the way we used to do when I was coming up, you know? So I, yeah, I learned something new this week. Very interesting to me. So, Hey, it is what it is. Let's move back into it with Reaper. You're on to number five for your EP. Well, you know, let me comment on, I mean, I think, cause I, I always wonder if, uh, cause some of those, you know, slick Rick or, uh, Kid and play tracks were really upbeat, man. Like really upbeat, like 110, 120, you know what I mean? And I just wonder if any of that stuff came back now, like how people would react to it. Like even if it was like updated and there was like harder bass and stuff, but how would people react to a quote unquote upbeat dance sort of scene or like a pop rap sort of scene, even like Hammer of Vanilla Ice or something like that? Like how would people react to it? Because they make TikToks over very upbeat songs but as far as how would it perform in concert i think is a different thing um doing something in your house or doing something outside is one thing but is it going to transition to radio to the live show to all these other platforms i don't know so i will jump in and say that two of the three artists have already done uh songs with edm uh producers and DJs and they have done very well on the EDM scene. So I think they both could do well in the future. Only one who hasn't has been uh, Dana Dane, but Kwame has a song with EDM DJ as well as Slick Rick. And they both have done quite well with those songs. The remixes are beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Hmm. Coming in at, I think the, the one with Kwame came in at like 126. Yeah, man, that's quick, man. That is quick, quick. I know, and I was like, "Wow, man! How, how did you?" But that's go. I don't. That's a different though. But that I, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, when you say EDM and just like a upbeat pop or hip hop song from maybe what the nineties or early two thousands, it's a different feel to it. Yeah. Like I mean, I get what you're saying, and, and you know that EDM is EDM and house or disco, whatever you want to call it, is always going to be successful. But could you take a, a kid and play or salt and pepper sample and don't slow it down, leave it at the same speed as that and bring it into 2021 or 2022? Yeah. that I mean, no, because I mean, trap, drill and trap are, are, are way smaller. There's no way you could do it. There's no way. Yeah, but that's what, that's what we're saying. Like, if you had that quick sort of sound. Like, I don't know if you've even heard, uh, like, they're sort of trying to bring back, like, uh, like I don't know what you guys would call it, you know, where you're from, but, like, like ghetto tech almost, like uh, like uh, DJ Assault kind of stuff, or, like, you know, Godzilla, or, like, you know, have you heard, like, Torculator by uh, City Girls, or, like... Um, yeah. Like, those kind of songs, like... like uh, But those songs are still fast. Oh, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like, those songs are fast, and some people are responding to them you know, in Detroit or in Chicago where they sort of do like footwork and stuff like that. But I don't know if they're responding to them nationwide. You see what I'm saying? So 
I just wonder. I mean, like stuff like that. People. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like kids would, like you just said, kids with the, with the footwork and everything. They would do like videos. They would do TikToks or Instagram videos. But it's 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 limited when you take it to like a concert. You know what I mean? No, it's a difference between. So in today's time, a song could transition from the radio to your house to your car to a block party. It'd be it, you would get the same feel, and everybody would have the same, I guess, dance moves or whatever. But it's not like that in today's time. You'll have people who would dance on a TikTok video, but won't dance at a concert. Therein lies the problem: is that we don't need. You know this, Kev. When we were growing up, there was car music, there was just bopping your head music, and then there was music you listened to at certain clubs. You had right. Right. The, you had ninety the ninety five South Boys. You had a, a, a Whoop There It Is. You had all those dudes for the for the for the strip club, and then you had your dance groups like a a, a, a Redhead King. You had uh, people like that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Father MC. Uh, I was just uh, talking about Redhead Kingpin the other day, man. <laughs> So I, I, this is the problem, and this is my complaint and most old heads complaint about what's going on in rap today. The record companies want to push it into such a small box and put it at such a low denominator that it's it's just not expressive. This art form that I fell in love with from the beginning, you know, this was an art form of diversity. And that you could go into a party and hear multiple things. It wasn't one tempo. It wasn't one sound. It was all over the place. Everybody was able to express themselves in the way they felt they wanted to express themselves. Now it's, oh, that beat is hot. Oh, that DJ is hot. Oh, that producer is hot. Oh, that rapper, his style is hot. Let's everybody now do it. That to me is not what we tried to do with this art form. And I'm the, I'm the, I'm not the originator of this. I'm the person who uh, uh, cool DJ, uh, um, cool DJ Herc, uh, cool Herc DJ, uh, 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 um, uh, um, Grandmaster Flash, uh, Africa Bambada. They made music from my from from my generation to come out of the street and stop acting a fool and come into the, uh, uh, you know, the community centers and and have some fun. That's what they made it for. And then. The other rappers took it from there. Melly Mel, uh, um, Kumo D, those guys took it from there. Treacherous Three. And it was just so much diversity when you got the fat boys. It was just all over the place. Sequence. It was just, again, I'm sorry for my tangent, my rant here. It's just that I like diversity. I grew up with it. I've spent the majority of my life listening to diversity. And then the 2000s hit and it just, it dives into a straight, tight ass rectum hole where you can't get out of it it's all got to be the same sound and that's why right now i'm loving afro beats because it needs to, there needs to be some diversity yes i see what you're saying however it started <laughs> in your era quote unquote my man because when nwa came out that's really the thing of like reality raps you got to rap about what's going on in the streets and when you talk about Treacherous Three, or you talk about Sugar Hill Gang, or anything just pre-NWA, besides like, what, Elo Cool J, maybe. All of the stuff, it didn't talk about what was going on in real life. It was just talking about... Wait uh, uh, wait a minute. I'm, Don't go down that hole. Yeah, because then, then you 
Don't go down there. Because I'm going to tell you why. The message. The message. Yeah, the message and white lines and okay, fine, fine, fine. I'm not saying every song. I won't generalize. But what I'm saying is the majority of songs, it was more about like what's going on at the parties or why I'm a better rapper than you, why my DJ is a better DJ than you, or like fictional stories, Peter Piper, you be illin. Uh, you know what I'm saying? A lot of this stuff isn't like police brutality and Rodney King and L.A. riots and the stuff that happened in the 90s, gang activity, Bloods, Crips, all of that stuff. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So it would it would. What? No, no, no. I, what? But hold on. Hold on. Let me finish. Just let me one one sentence. OK. If somebody came out right now, whoever and it, I think it could happen if it was somebody that. Uh, that's a crossover kind of person, maybe like Post Malone, like you just said. If Post Malone started doing a kid and play style, could it work? I think so. But they would have to possibly not be black <laughs> or possibly ignore the the actions of what's going on. So if you want to make kid and play raps, you can't talk about coronavirus. You can't talk about elections. You can't talk about police brutality. You can't talk about it's kind of like you're ignoring what's going on in the world. So it would seem like it was a little bit tone deaf if you just made an album of all positive stuff. Now, do we need more positive raps? Sure. But what I'm saying is that's how it might be received, in my opinion. Go ahead. I'm with you on that. But you also have what's going on, and that's partying and clubbing. That is huge in today's society. These young people, you guys spend way more money in the club than ever before. So I don't see why a rapper couldn't make a fun song about being in the club, getting twisted with your boys, rolling up, smoking whatever you're smoking, popping whatever you popping and having a good time. That's what bothers me about uh, um, um, Panda and, and, and um, uh, a young thug and them. Like y'all could do some more upbeat stuff. Y'all only talk about going in the club. But they, they don't. They, they do. Talk about what you're saying, but the tempo of the song is not upbeat. Yeah, right. Because because when you're doing pills, you don't make upbeat songs. You make slow songs. When you when you sipping scissor, you get still tipping. You get sipping on some scissor. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but doesn't Molly have cocaine in it? That that and meth that should be getting you up. I mean, I I, I mean cocaine. Yeah, but. Clearly, people that are making trap songs don't do cocaine. Also, Molly is a, is a party drug. But again, it's almost like a psychedelic for real. It's not like, let's go make a kid and play song. It's like, let's make a Jimi Hendrix song. <laughs> or let's or let's cry and make songs like Juice World. <laughs> okay, okay, I got you. I mean, I, but I, I think you could make a positive rap album, but it... You can't expect people to dance to it in today's time because the dancing, what's considered dancing today, is either someone twerking, a girl twerking, or you know, little you know, the, the young guys are jumping around. It's not really dancing outside of like you were saying earlier, the footwork stuff that certain people do. But a lot of people don't bring that these TikTok dance routines to concerts i mean they might take it to a video but it's not like all over you know what i mean like we had b-boys in the 80's and you know you you bust out a piece of cardboard you could 
breakdance at school, breakdance on the basketball court, breakdance in your basement, break, backyard. I mean, like you could dance anywhere and it fit the music, but <laughs> it's a it's 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 totally different because even like the mentality of the youth of today, I don't know if their mind can handle a upbeat song that wants them to dance. I don't think they're I don't think they're ready for it. But I think it's done. I don't think they grasp huh. That's because the record company stole their joy. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Record companies stole their joy? Yes. We've allowed the record companies to curate our lifestyles instead of us curating our stuff. I assure you that I know I'm on I'm on SoundCloud. There are people out here making music like what we're talking about right now, what this discussion has went into, and they're unable to get the push to get signed. But they're making a living. They're they're out here. They're still doing small shows. They're making money, but they're not making Drake money. But what I'm saying is, so if they were making something that was truly groundbreaking, I mean, even look at it on the flip side, when it was the early 90s, you know, you got Kid and Play and you got, you know, whoever else that's making like, you know, Vanilla Ice and Hammer. And there's a lot of pop rap. There's a lot of positive, upbeat stuff. And it's cool, but it's like you almost have to have that to get the grungy, filthy sound of 36 Chambers. You know what I mean? It's like, it's in waves, you know? So right now we've had a lot of pill popping and sadness and loathsome and trap this, trap that, that we need to change back to something else. But again, who's going to do it and how far in the other direction? Like I said, the the shiny suit rap uh, was so shiny and so positive and so happy that you had... Riz's grunginess like it was polar opposite so maybe it doesn't go all the way to kid and play stand up you know doing the little two-step maybe it doesn't go that far or maybe it goes even further like you, you see what i'm saying uh, no, i know i i get what you're saying but again you're saying it has to be either or and i'm saying that they all can live together because they did no, yeah they can oh, i'm not saying that they can't but i'm just saying it it the the initial one that starts the the trend or not even the new wave, let's say it has to be so different from what whatever is out to start the wave. You see what I'm saying? I mean, pretty much both of you guys are saying the same thing that there should be more diversity. Yeah. In hip hop music. Yeah. Yes. And even like, if we go back to like a, like, like a little John era of like, cause that wasn't like, Metro booming trap. And I mean, it's not really trap at all. It's more like crunk and stuff, but like the lean and rock and the snap and stuff, that stuff was cool. People was dancing to that. It was slower than, you know, even like 90s hip hop, but it was, people were still out there moving and stuff, you know? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Right. But right. even with that stuff, even with as popular as Lil John was during his spin, you still had T.I., you still had Jeezy, you still had Pastor Troy, you still had the folks in the, on the West Coast doing their thing. It was always people available to do what they were doing. It was not this one thing where every coast is playing the same music and it doesn't sound any different. There is the only complaint 
at least for me. And again, I get what's going on with drill. I get what's going on with trap. I get what's going on with, you know, uh, 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 you know, sad song music from, you know, Juice World and and Don Tolliver. Matter of fact, Don Tolliver just dropped today and I listened to the first three tracks on the album and wanted to cry. But that's <laughs> <laughs> that's just Yo, <laughs> you know, but I, I, I get all that. All I'm saying is that, and, and again, that's why I know it's, uh, you know, I believe the conspiracy because I know the majors aren't putting money behind those artists. What the majors are doing, all the execs at the majors says, oh, you sound like uh, Lil Durk. Okay, cool. We'll let you go. You sound like the baby. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll put some money behind you. Oh, but it's, but it's always been like that, though. No. It's not no. When you had um, always been like that, man. Like when you had Andre Pharrell. When you had Jermaine Dupri. I'm talking about groundbreaking record company owners. That's when you had that. But you don't get you don't get cash money without Baby. Baby knew that that sound was going to work, and he went and stuck his neck out there and made that sound work. Well, let me say this. Except cash money, cash money sounds like no limit and vice versa. What I'm saying no, is no, 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 no. a lot of these. But during that time, they weren't strong. Nothing in New Orleans was winning. You know, Master P had a couple of lackluster, you know, warm, lukewarm hits. Wait, 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 wait. When you say it wasn't winning, you mean it wasn't winning nationwide or it wasn't winning in Louisiana? Me, me, or, me or Reaper. He's talking to you, man. I didn't say that. <laughs> When you say about Master P, I'm saying Master P was lukewarm nationwide. Right. What I'm saying is that he's killing in Louisiana and California, though. I know that, but he wasn't killing it in Atlanta and New York and Chicago. Other places was was popping off at that time. Uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony was killing the game when uh, when uh, Master P came out. But truthfully, it. I mean, you know, in the '90s and everything before that. You made more money. You get. You had more of a percentage and control over your career as an indie artist than you did a major. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's like that. That's now. never changed. Um, that's never. Ch- yeah, but 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 it, it 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 was it was a thing of then. Master P had to work harder today. You don't have to work as hard today. Yeah, because because of streaming. Yes, streaming I mean, afforded you the opportunity right. that if you if you had some money behind you you could get up on all streaming platforms yes so if you had that but back then master p had to go out and grind out the back of his car and go from show to show to show from uh music symposium to music symposium and that's how you know they got it done jack the rapper is really what made red man if it wasn't for jack the rapper there wouldn't be no red man i think uh this argument is going all over the place <laughs> yes i know and that's what happened Last song, last song. Let's get to it. Right. And that's what happens when you get heads really having the discussion. You can go and go and go. So with that, we'll jump into it with Reaper on his last song on our fantasy EP. Um, so this one is uh the, the curveball of the EP. I'm looking to basically like cause the other ones were kind of like, all right, we need, you know, some reunions. Yo, we need some some the the new indies boom bap or or not boom bap a uh, backpack but this one is sort of a curveball it's not exactly hip hop not exactly rap but so I need Post Malone I need Justin Bieber I need Bruno Mars and I need Anderson Pack 
but I need them either on, I couldn't decide. I need them either on like the hardest thing Metro Boomin has ever made, or I need them on a drill beat. I'm thinking like Ocean. Ocean is a guy from the UK. Um, or insert drill producer here. <laughs> so that's how you want to end this? How you wanna end this? Say it again. That's how you want to end this? Yeah, go ahead. Why not? What you got to say? Justin Bieber. Yeah, man. I'm talking, I'm talking to like, I got carte blanche, right? I'm talking about this is the track where I got to spend some money because Bruno Mars and Bieber are on the same song. And, um, you know, they have sort of uh, Bieber more so than Bruno, but have sort of trap influenced beats, I guess you can say. But that's more because just trap drums are on every song now. But um, I heard someone not too long ago that was a singer, like a flat out singer, got on a drill beat. And I was just like, yeah, why don't. Because a lot of people get on drill songs and they're just like, gunplay, gunplay, gunplay. Oh, I'm, I'm better than you. Gunplay, gunplay, gunplay. But it's just like, why not put a singer on a drill beat? Because it's got that sort of, I don't want to say harmonic, but like harmonic, melodic sort of vibe to it with the, the bass slides and everything. Why not put a singer on it? And if we spend in some money, why not put several of the most expensive singers you can find? I mean, I, I, I get it. In, in the... Um... In the project strong. I'm not feeling Bieber at the moment. Like the Wiz Kid remix, I could do without Bieber. The uh the song he did with um Gibeon and um and the other guy. Yeah, I'm the same on that. I'm like, you clearly know Bieber didn't write this song and it just it is, you know, it's a hit all over the radio. I'm I'm like, I'm good on Bieber. I can I don't know, post Malone Anderson Pack. Bruno Mars? Yeah, I think that's... We're looking for lightning in a bottle here. Don't get me wrong. Because I know that these people don't necessarily match. But uh, if it's... If you threw Tyler or Earl on there, I, I could probably see it. No, absolutely not, man. Absolutely not. If it's if it's a Metro Boomin song, I'm looking for like something that's got a real hard drop. Like Better Now or like 92 Explore or like... White Iverson, you know, or Yummy, any of those songs. Don't sleep on Earl, man. I'm I mean, telling you. look, I was the biggest advocate for the Doris album. I was the biggest advocate. Don't get me wrong. But if if I was going to put it just off the top of my head, if I was going to put Earl on a song with somebody, it would probably be uh, 21 Savage. And it would probably be, uh, since we're bringing back the dead, uh, Guru from Gangstar. Cause they've all got that sort of like monotone. I'm not really here for it, but I'm saying some cool stuff kind of flow. I would just do six minutes of that, of them all just like nonchalantly rapping. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, I'll throw this tidbit in there. I've never claimed to be a rapper, nor have I, well, I won't say I, I never wanted to be a rapper because everybody wants to be a rapper, at least for a week you know that kind of thing but um if i if i was going to become a rapper it, i would probably sound like a cross between right but those dudes earl 21 and guru like super lyricism and stuff but like super just i'm not gonna put on a voice to rap i'm gonna just rap how i speak you know? <laughs> but okay yeah <laughs> i think uh that would be a real hard uh drop 
you could put Post Malone or Bieber on the chorus, or maybe they can do some Jadakiss styles back and forth stuff. <laughs> and then uh, Anderson and Bruno, they have the album together right now. So they're, they're vibing off each other real tight. And um, like I said, or maybe we could do like, uh, what's that, that Kanye track? Uh, it's off the grid, right? With the beat switch in the middle. Like maybe it can start off as a trap song and then have like a little, a little offshoot part where we go into a uh, drill. That might be tight. It could be. Yeah. All right, Kev, you're up. Oh man, I have this. I have the song. I, I I just and I'm trying to. Okay, producer. Uh, I was. I'm torn between two people. I'm torn between Large Professor and Pete Rock for this song. I'm leaning. To, I'm leaning towards Large Professor, but the artists are Too Short, Devin the Dude, Superfly, and Big Daddy Kane. Just four guys who are just like very smooth. Okay. There's something laid back, but they're, you know, they're still older. Uh, they're still putting on music today. And and I think that they still have something. I don't think they really fell off like that to me. To me. Yeah, Devin, Devin raps a lot about weed, but I don't know. Currency raps a lot about weed, too. Um, <laughs> so I, that's how I would end it. A bunch of old school artists over a nice smooth beat and just showing that they still got it. Can you add Master Ace? Ooh. He's still making music. He's smooth and laid back. I would, you know what though? If I was to have Master Ace, I would put him and Cool Keith together. Have you heard Cool Keith's new stuff? He's not laid back no more, man. He on some avant-garde crazy madness. (laughs) <laughs> but but hold up if you take if you get prince paul cool keith master ace cool keith will fit in that's if prince paul could talk cool keith down from where he is bro i'm telling you cool keith like one eyebrow he got one eyebrow i'm telling you he's on some real craziness <laughs> cool keith will do it cool keith will do it Cause all, cause I'm telling you, all Prince Paul got to sell him on is the uh, the stuff he did with Dan the Automator. And Keith is down, and Keith was actually on that stuff. Okay, all right, I, I'm gonna give it to you, but I'm telling. He did, um, he did, he, he did. I don't know if he did the first handsome boy model in school. I know he did the second one. He might have been on the first one too. All I'm saying is, Cool Keith's last project by himself, his last solo project, over the place crazy. It was crazy. I, I know he's he's been he's been all for a while. Um, yeah, Master Ace is like a hidden gem, man. Like he's a hidden gem. Um, that last album he had was it was amazing, man. And 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 a lot of uh, a lot of the hip hop publications really didn't touch it. Didn't really say too much about it. And I'm surprised that uh, Elliot Wilson really didn't give it a, like a lot of love or even um, Ebro. Yeah, well, the production wasn't that great. It was. Nah, it, it it was lacking, and after the 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 latter half of it, it was it was lacking. I mean, for a guy that's over the age of forty who can still produce good content, I think you do have to give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. Oh, I do, and that's why I I, I enjoyed the album. I listened to it a few times, but again, we talking about you just said why people didn't show him love, 
and I'm pretty sure is because the production, like if I'm trying to tell you, I'm tell you, if if Reaper heard the song, he would say the same thing. The production was just and eh. <laughs> and eh. it wasn't the latter the latter part of. And again, that goes back to not having enough money for the hottest producers. The, the 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 fees now that producers are taking is just way too high for our older rappers. They don't get those budgets. I get that. All right, and with that, yeah, I'm gonna tear down the whole place with this one because I know y'all. You know, I know y'all. <laughs> the old dude doing old stuff, but I'm going in with my producer, Molly Mall, and this is an all female affair. We starting off with the queen, Roxanne Shante, Sweet Tea, Shaw Rock. Salt, not pepper. Queen Latifah. <laughs> Moni B. Sparky D. Antoinette. Nikki D. Yo-Yo. The Boss. And to do the last verse, just like in the symphony, MC Light. Uh, yeah, like you said, old dude doing old dude stuff. <laughs> That's a, you, you, you love breaking them duos, man. Just so it's on the record, salt, not pepper. You can stay at home. <laughs> he said, play, not kid. <laughs> <laughs> right. Play, not kid. You can stay at it home. It depends on the track, and certain people can't rap on certain tracks. And I'm telling you, Molly Mall, if I'm from if, again, I know I don't I don't want a repeat of the symphony, but I'm thinking of what Molly Mall will put together. And I just don't see Peppa being able to roll hard like the names. I only picked out the hardest rappers, female rappers from that era. I didn't pick. There was a lot softer ones. Uh, 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 the Real Roxanne. There was a lot more art female rappers back then that I could have picked. And I didn't. I chose just the ones that were, you know, I could have done Sequence and all them and JJ Fad and all those people. And I said, no, I, I wanted the people I thought were the hardest edge back then. Nikki D was harder and still today is harder than um than um foxy brown if you go back and listen to some nikki d nikki d tracks she was super hard sparky d was the only person of all the uh when the roxanne shante battles was going on she's the only one that gave her some competition roxanne still won it but she gave her some competition so again old dude doing old dude things it is what it is i really appreciate the conversation gentlemen uh, it was very uh, lively and spirited. I had a lot of fun with this. I'd like to thank the audience for listening. We really appreciate the support on our 51st episode. Uh, Kev, tell them where they can find us on social media. Uh, Twitter is Mixed Air Rap, and Instagram is Mixed Air Rap Pod. All right, that's what's up. Reaper, tell them where they can find you on social media. Man, find me at the 313 Kid, T H E 313 K I D on all platforms Twitter, Instagram, Mixcloud if you like DJ mixes. All right, that's what's up, man. Again, we'd like to thank everybody. And with that, we out of here. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>